Hey guys, Mike here. Hey, on this episode of Mountain and Marsh, Jason Lebo is in studio. Um, Jason Lebo, uh, JJ Lebo on TikTok and things like that. Um, if the name doesn't ring a bell, uh, you might know him as the guy in the blue jean uh, overalls that um, drinks Keystone Light. That's his. Uh, it, it's his big thing, and he. He does a lot of um, reactionary videos and makes funny videos himself, uh, him and his wife and his his daughter. And so if uh, if you guys don't know about him, check him out. Um, Jason was on here not only to, to just shoot the shit and talk about his life and how he's grown uh, the social media following almost accidentally, um, but... Also, uh, Camo Space, which is a company, um, the owner, Denny, he started it down the eastern shore of Maryland. It's it's an application um, that is like a Facebook, a, a, a TikTok, a, a whatever, but you can utilize it without being fucked with, to be honest. I mean, it's, you know, as a hunter, I as someone uh, who makes hunting content and uh, outdoor content, I get messed with all the time. Um, I'm always getting flagged, getting things taken down, um, getting warned they're going to take away my my stuff. I've had profiles uh, taken down. And um, so this Camo Space app is super clean. Uh, I really like it. It's, it's a very well put together application. And um, check it out. Check out Jason, obviously, on, uh, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Camo Space. And also... Check out Camo Space itself. Uh, dive into this app. Um, like I said, clean. It's simple, but it it works. And uh, timelines on there. You can scroll. You can check out what people are doing all over the U.S. right now. Um, hunters just like you and I, and uh, outdoors men and women, and people who just want to genuinely partake in the outdoors and they don't want to get ridiculed for it. Uh, Camo Space is the perfect application for that so check it out guys um as always triptych multi-tool we are sponsored by triptych multi-tool uh but i use triptych multi-tool you know we've been out hunting on the flats this year and have to grace a lot um uh, obviously duck season is over now but um you know we pick up a lot of wounded birds and the first thing i do is grab the dispatch tool and run them through make sure they're dead and uh toss them on the pile so um Check out the Triptych Multi-Tool. It's not an expensive purchase, but it's a quality purchase. Um, it's, it's, no, uh, it's no bullshit. So thank you guys for listening, um, as always, and I hope you guys enjoy. This is a really cool podcast, and, and Jason's a really great guy.
All right. Here with Jason. Jason, uh, introduce yourself. I don't think you have to, but introduce yourself to everybody and uh, tell everybody kind of who you are, what you do. Uh, I'm Jason Lebo, uh, JJ Lebo on TikTok, Instagram, Jason Lebo on Facebook, and uh, just got lucky with the following, and the best part of coming out of my following is meeting hunting people and being able to interact with everybody else hunting and share some stories, and that's how I met you, and yeah. that's why I'm here, and I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the reason I still do Mountain and Marsh, and we're, we're busy with our businesses, and people still say, why do you put the effort into that? Because you could be using that toward your businesses. And I say, if I get to do something I love, even if it doesn't bring me that much, uh, you know, monetarily, if I could do something I love and meet people that I really get along with and get to hunt with, then that means that means more than my work, yeah. you know, my work schedule, you know? Uh, so what, whatever made you decide to do this thing, you know, get into social media? It wasn't really a decision. It was my daughter started on it, and uh, she's funny as hell. Got me. Uh, I asked her, I was like, how are you making these videos? She's like, TikTok. I was like, what the hell is TikTok? <laughs> so she shows me, and one thing led to another. I made a video. It started getting some views, and people started following. And I started joking with her. I was like, she liked the Ellen DeGeneres show at the time. I was like, my following kept going up. I was like. And her nickname, Shipbreak. And I was like, Shipbreak, we're going to be on Ellen's show. She's like, shut the hell up. <laughs> but it just kept growing, and, you know, more people kept reaching out, and it became fun. You start to make friends on there. And I can't really call them friends. You call them acquaintances because, you know, they're on there every day. But a lot of them end up really do becoming friends. And Yeah. But there's so many Karens out there, and people would hate if you put something on with hunting or how you feed your family. And yeah, you can't be yourself, and that's – what's frustrating about it yeah and that's the best thing about like your podcast and podcast you can be yourself you can yeah show people what you're doing and right not yeah worry about it. we had talked about it how like i've both of us have gotten busted and, I, and i'm at such a smaller level i still get messed with by tiktok and instagram yeah. facebook and uh it's like camo space I, I didn't know what camo space was until i saw you had posted about it, i believe and it's just it, it is a really cool app that you can utilize in that way as an outdoorsman. And you're not, you're not, or outdoors woman, and you're not scared to post, Hey, you know, here's my harvest or how are things going in your neck of the woods or whatever the case may be. You're not really nervous to post about it. Whereas I, there's times that I post things that, you know, dead ducks, I duck on a lot oh, yeah. and I've gotten, I've gotten taken down for dead ducks. <laughs> if there's too much blood on a bill of a dead duck, yeah. Like, I know. I'll look at it on Instagram post and go, I probably shouldn't post this one because I know I'm going to get in trouble for this one. Nah. So, And that's the best thing about Camo Space. Uh, Denny Reed, a buddy of mine, Connor McDonough, he reached out to me. He's like, hey, he moved down to Salisbury, Maryland. He ran into Denny, and Denny's the founder of Camo Space. Got talking to Denny, and he's like, Denny, would like, have you come down and hunt and yeah. talk a little bit? And I was like, that's freaking awesome. Sick of deer hunt? I was like, yeah, yeah I'm in. And Denny's just like you and I and every other redneck out there. He likes to go out hunting, likes to have a good time. But with camo space, it's post what you shoot, post what your children shoot, post what you're hunting, share recipes, do this, do that. You don't got to worry about getting taken down, unless you're ignorant. I mean, right. if you're ignorant, whatever. But it's all about hunting, outdoors, fishing, waterfowl. He's got Mike Waddell on there. He's got the guys from uh, Fowl Life on there. Got a lot of big name hunters that are on that that app, and yeah. they want to spread it because 
that's where you want to go if you're into outdoors, hunting, fishing, wildlife. And, it, and it's awesome. I mean, they all interact. And that even made me feel like family while I'm down there. It was great. Yeah, it's really sweet to be able to not only post it there, but scroll through. You can comment on people's stuff. And you know that everybody's kind of got the same end game. Like, yeah. One thing that I noticed a lot on, maybe it's just the number of people. It probably is. But the number of people on Facebook, some of these groups, I, they'll lash out at each other. They'll get these big fights. And I, I, people don't know it from social media because you can't tell. But I get sarcastic with people. Like right. on the podcast stuff, I'll mess with people for, on purpose. So every once in a while, there'll be a couple guys arguing about crossbows or something, and then I'll jump in and say something, and then I won't even look at it again because I, I, I know that. Slammed. Well, I, I know that they're just messing with each other. They're, or they're fighting. They're, yeah. they're mad, and I'm just like, "What are you guys doing?" Just like, poking I, the bear. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, "What are you guys doing?" Like, it, it's almost foolish the way they act. So, and I, I'm sure at some point, if not already, camo space will have its Karens. They'll have its issues, but you won't be able to get taken down because yeah. you're an outdoorsman. You know? And I don't think Karen's going to go over to camo space. Um, the biggest thing I found, I just posted something the other week. I posted, uh, it was a video of the second deer hunt and somebody come on there and I had a recipe and everything else I did. And I'm not saying if it's a woman or a guy come on there and, Oh, you feel good about killing an innocent animal, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bitch, your vegan ass is attacking a hunter about killing something when every plant is a living species an organism yeah. yeah you're you're watering it you're you're throwing it in from seed watering it growing it pulling it out of the ground and sorry putting it in your whatever to eat what's the difference i mean maybe you didn't name it <laughs> maybe you see right, it there yeah. and you name it but you're doing the same damn thing but how many how many hunters are attacking vegans you know, it, what I mean? it, yeah, it, it, the the same assholes who are starting fights yeah. over my muscle is a flintlock or not yeah. like it. It's that it's that type of thing. Yeah, yeah it, it, there's assholes in every realm. It's not it's not like it's only you know the hunters stack the vegans or what. It's there's always assholes. It doesn't matter what you can go to work and find an asshole like you oh, can yeah. always. Yeah. So. I, I feel that I, I said Karen's earlier, but that that didn't really what I meant was more like assholes. Like you'll, oh, yeah. I'm sure there'll be a guy on there who'd be like. Yeah, well, I hunt with a traditional bow, so take the, you know there'll be that. Yeah. But uh, but it's but it's cool because there's nobody getting shunned for being a hunter, and that's yeah. number one for sure. Um, and I really like it. I think the layout. There's been a couple before that I thought they were clunky. I didn't like their setup, but I really like the layout of this app. Truly, I not just saying that. Like it when I downloaded the app, I thought new new app, new you know, newer app, newer business. Uh, or, or social media platform, and I'm like, they're always a little clunky. When I downloaded it, it was just like, everything was smooth. Yeah. It was good. And I, I was like, wow, I was really impressed by that, of how smooth it was from the jump. Yeah, Denny started it uh, years ago. Uh, I'm not going to go into a long story, but some circumstances come up. He backed away from it for a little bit, and he, he's a huge farmer down on the eastern shore. But uh, right now, he's mindset. He's 100% driven. Camel space is his passion right now. He's got a guy... Um, if anybody has issues, David's going to hate me for this, but if anybody has issues on that app, if you can't get anything to upload, can't get it to work, David Chance, guys, look him up. David Chance, he's on the app. Send him a message. That's Danny's right-hand man. He's in charge of it right now. Um, and they're small enough at this point that they're growing, 
but they're going to reach back to you and they're going to help you out. Gonna, right. Yeah. They're going to get you through it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's totally outdoorsman driven. And, and like I said, when I went down there, I met them on a, I got down there on a Thursday night by Friday afternoon. I felt like I was one of the family. His cousins were over his friends. They were cooking. It was just a blast. I had a blast. So where you guys went, was that, was that at his farm? Was that a farm that he owned? Yeah, that was, um, it was, where I shot the sick deer was a farm he owned. Uh, the swamp land I was hunting was a farm that he leased. Okay. And it was right next to the Vienna Bridge there. But um, he doesn't. He, I love he, that area. Yeah, I he doesn't want to be a guide. He doesn't want a guide. Um, he's not out for crop damage tags. He's got whitetail and sick of deer destroying his crops. He doesn't want people coming in, killing deer because of crop damage. He's upset about it. He's a farmer, but he loves to see the wildlife. He's mm-hmm. a hunter at heart, so he's not going to wipe them out. But um, he just wants the word of camo space to get out there, and that that's what he had me down there for. And I, I just – that was the best hunt of my life. I mean, I'd hunt a lot. I hunted elk. I hunted elk, mule deer, antelope, a lot of big game, bear. But the sick of deer hunt was just unique. It was different. It yeah. was fun. And – I didn't get picked on for shooting the smallest deer because that's normally what I do here. I, <laughs> I told my right. friends I get the smallest one because I'm a meat hunter. But my buddy's like, mm, that was a little small, man. I was like, mm, that didn't take me long to get out of the woods, did it? <laughs> <laughs> did I call you for help? No, I did not. <laughs> but them sick of deer, they don't get very big. So I didn't feel bad on Yeah, my, my neighbor here, actually, uh, his his grandfather that recently passed away, where that this help came from that's behind me, um, he owns an island um, outside of Taylor's Island, yeah. and uh, bought it bought it for like nothing years ago, and now it's worth a mint. But their family and some friends they sick a hunt down there, and it's it's awesome. I mean, the I don't I don't get to hunt down there. It's very like exclusive um, because it's it's already an established group of older gentlemen. But uh, yeah, re- really cool place. And sick of deer hunting is something that a lot of my friends do. And I hunt around Vienna, and I hunt, but I'm a waterfowl hunter, yeah. so I spend so much time waterfowl hunting that and whitetail hunting. I love whitetail hunting, so it's hard to find the balance in between and fi- and find time to go do it. Uh, but it's it's right here, you know. It's not yeah. that far. Was it three three a half hours, maybe three yeah. hours to get down there? And so it's it's right here for us. I th- I think we're really um, fortunate for that. I know a lot of people now travel to kill sick of deer here in in Maryland and in Delaware, but for in my opinion, I, th- I think we're really lucky to have something like that right here. And yeah. you know, I, I don't take it for granted for sure. You know, I'm, I'm I love having Chesapeake Bay right here, and and uh, I think it's really cool we have sick of deer right here. It's crazy. And my whole life, I heard about them. My uh, mom, when I was a kid, they had a place down on Manitou River, right outside Salisbury. And- I've been around it my whole life, but I've never had the opportunity to hunt them. Always wanted to. Never even seen one in the wild till this hunt. And it was just, it was amazing. I, was, I can't say enough about it. I mean, it was just a neat hunt. Yeah. And, and the meat, oh, my God, it's good. Yeah, yeah, my neighbor here has given me some, and, yeah, it is very good. I'd have brought some, but I, I didn't get much out of it. My buddies have already sworn me. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I don't even think I have any of it left. Other, I made tenderloins for the wife last night and some stir fry and ate it up. My wife was like, that really has a different taste to it. She said it was really good, tender. Yeah. I mean. It's, it, it's, it's ironic you said where he where he's located because one day I was driving. My parents have a place in Chincoteague. One day I was driving down there, and uh, we crossed over the river in Vienna, 
and I like you go through some swampland right yeah. there, and then there's a farm like past that swampland. I look to the right, and the biggest stag I've ever seen in my life was running across that open <laughs> cornfield right there, and I was like, no way, <laughs> like right right there. Yeah, we so took, that's pretty cool. We took the boat out the one morning to the uh, stands. And there was two giant six points standing there. I'm like, oh. it was just, it was neat. Yeah, heck, heck of an experience down there for sure. Yeah. Uh, something a lot of people don't don't ever experience is hunting marshes or like yeah. marshland around marshland. So that's another, another thing that's very cool about yeah. right here. Yeah, yeah I didn't even ground getting off the boat. I mean, it was knee deep. They dropped me off. I only had a 10-foot walk to the stand where they had me. <clears throat> it was dark. And they're like, oh, you should be good. You can see the water. It's low tide. I'm like, yeah, we're good. I get out. I'm knee deep. I made two steps. I'm chest deep. I'm like, <laughs> back the boat up, fucking pull me out because <laughs> yeah. I'm stuck. Yeah, yeah that, that uh, ground down there is muddy. Like, yeah. that is some nasty stuff down, yeah. down in there. It's unforgiving. But they laughed at me and got me out, and I was good and got in the stand. <laughs> it's definitely different. Yeah, so I, I saw that camo space uh, was at the ATA show. He yeah. he must really he's really making a push, like yeah, legitimately making a push for this thing. Yeah, and Waddell he Waddell was doing uh, I think an hour or a couple hours down there at his booth with him, and um, I'm having a brain fart right now. The gentlemen that were down sick of deer hunting, uh, Phillips, uh, or Culpepper, Philip Culpepper was down. And shot a six point down there at his place, yeah. and yeah, he he's gonna be up at Harrisburg. He's gonna be at um, booth forty five oh nine in Harrisburg. And I'm gonna be up there on the weekends with him. I know he's got a couple other people coming up there to hang out with him. My buddy Nate Maravich, he's supposed to come up there and sing with him a day or two. Yeah, and uh, I know you. If you wanted to go up, he'd love to have you up there and just get the word out, get the word out about your podcast and. Hunting, yeah. hunting in general, Denny's a huge waterfowl hunter. He's got another property. He took me to down there. I think he's got almost a little over a quarter mile bayfront property with cornfields. That's their, oh, yeah. their goose farm. Yeah, and he's got like ninety acres there uh, woods. And I'm like, you don't whitetail hunt this? No, this is our goose property. I'm like, Denny, we're gonna have to talk. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'll come down hunt deer. Hunt there, you there's some hunt. huge. I, that's another thing is um, I, I'll talk to guys on this podcast from the Midwest or uh, out West or whatever and, and down South and guys, nobody ever says Maryland when they talk about big bucks and Virginia too. I, I hunt in Virginia in the mountains uh, as well as on the shore for turkeys. And we, uh, I mean the, the deer that come out of these States here, Pennsylvania has some hammers uh, too. I mean, I, I can, I can tell you right here, these battlefield deer get big and there's some big ass deer in our areas and people don't talk about the Eastern shore of Maryland is sickening. The the, the size of the deer that come out of the Eastern shore of Maryland. And especially how many deer they're killing down there every year. I mean, it's crazy how many deer you can kill in Maryland compared to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Pennsylvania, you're allowed, well, they had just up to this year, you're allowed what, six doe tags if you can get them. If you can get them, yeah, if they're available. um, Maryland, you're allowed, what, up to 32 deer or something like that a year? It was a culture yeah. shock to me to only be able to shoot one buck because I, yeah. I can't – when we moved to Pennsylvania and Gettysburg in uh, 2017, my wife and I, we got up here, and I'm like, I'm going to start hunting Pennsylvania. So I get my tag, and it's like you get you get one buck, three or more, and once I won. And I was like, huh. 
Because me in Maryland, it was like, yeah. how many deer you want to shoot? You can, you can just shoot them all. Like, yeah. So I, that was a culture shock for me. But I, d- I don't know if it works or not. I mean, I, here with the battlefield deer, yeah, they get big. Yeah. But but I don't I don't know the difference. Like in Maryland, I still see some nice deer, and people shoot all kind of deer in Maryland. Like yeah. Massive amounts of deer. You know, some guys will shoot 8, 10 deer a year. So the area, Right here where you're at, you're kind of like stuck in a honey hole. I don't know how you bought this place, but <laughs> when it when it came up, I I put an offer from outside. I didn't yeah. walk in in my house. My wife did, and I I just looked in the door and said, "Well, it's, we got four acres here, and yeah. I can hunt it." I said, "We'll take it." Yeah, right in the middle of the battlefield. Like, yeah, you got a little honey hole right here. Yeah, like I was coming in the snow. I drove around all day today in the snow, didn't see deer tracks. A mile up the road here, I pull off the road, and there's deer tracks crossing everywhere. Like, yeah, he's sitting in the honey hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I so when I leave and go uh, I, t- tomorrow morning, I'm gonna get up at 12:45 and I'll I'll drive down to the bay, and tomorrow morning I will leave here. I'll drive right out right out my driveway, make a right, and I'll drive to that stop sign. And when my headlights hit that stop sign, there'll probably be 30 deer bedded right there across the street by the rocks beside the road. They they don't nobody messes with them. They, yeah. yeah, they know they're safe here. So, but, you went down duck up tomorrow. Yeah, yep. We are. So we've been. I don't know. You've seen, probably seen some of my posts yep. here recently, but uh, I hunt with some guys down in Haverter Grace a lot, right in the Susquehanna Flats. Um, and then also we'll go down like Hart Miller Island and Essex. Um, that we normally we diver duck hunt a lot. Uh, we don't puddle duck hunt much. So normally we're canvas backs, redheads, bluebills, that type of stuff. And um, so just about every Saturday from December, from the beginning of December until the end of January, I spend every saturday and now that i work for myself i find time all the time yeah. and now I'm, i hunt all the time for ducks uh we float the rivers up here uh, monoxie river in carroll county frederick county maryland and stuff like that potomac we, we spend a lot of time hunting birds I, I really do enjoy it um a lot of guys won't do it for years and then they'll get into it and they'll get a bug it's a bug it really is it it's a it's an expensive ass bug, that's for sure. My wife doesn't yeah. super appreciate the fact that I do it so much. But, yeah. I used to do a lot of waterfowl hunting when I lived out out west when I was working the oil rigs. Uh, my buddy Jeff, he could call a duck like he could talk to him, and I loved it. It was all river hunting, and mm-hmm. oh my god, I fell in love with it. But when I come back home, out there there's no pressure. I mean, you can go out, you don't ever see anybody. You come back here, and it's a little more people. And where were you located? Uh, when I was hunting with him, it was one time it was right around Greeley, Colorado, and then we were up around Tongue River Reservoir in Montana. And we just traveled with the rig, so it depended on where we were at. But there's nobody hunting out there. I mean, there is people. Don't don't get me wrong. There's people hunting. There's a lot more people hunting. But you don't see anybody because it's a spread mm-hmm. out. And I didn't realize how good of a flyway it was out there in Colorado with the geese coming down through and everything yeah. else. It was, it was amazing. But it's just hard when you get back in populated areas like we're in. It's in the state land, it's hard to get into yeah. because there's so many idiots out there that they yeah. ruin it for everybody else. I don't it's know. Frustrating. Do you hunt uh, public land around here at all? Occasionally, not very often. Because I and like so for turkeys, um, for deer, I used I used to do it when we first moved up here. I found and I did find some honey holes. I I found some spots on public deep because yeah. I, I I go deep. I'll get out yeah, there early. Go deep. Back in there. And we had found some. Me, me and my buddy Dylan, we found some spots. And we still, I still got them marked on maps and stuff. And but uh, just I had good deer hunting here at the house and down in Maryland where we hunt on our lease and kind of straight away from it. 
but the amount of the amount of hunters in that's another thing that was weird. In the, the amount of hunters in Pennsylvania in turkey season two years ago, we scouted Michaud. We we located two different birds at two different. Lo- I saw one of them cross the road. Like we knew right where they were at. Right before dark, he crossed the road, went up this ridge, and we're like, all right, he's there. The next weekend, on Saturday morning at like 4.30 a.m., we're like, we're going to get in here early. Roll up there. There were seven trucks where we watched that turkey cross the road. And there were actually guys parked below the ridge and above the ridge. I probably didn't even know they were all there. They were probably hunting on each other. And then we went to the other spot. There were three or four trucks there. And we did end up killing a bird that morning, uh, my my buddy Dylan's first turkey. But the amount of traveling and moving around I had to do to find somewhere that there wasn't somebody – was it was crazy to me and i thought man this this isn't i'm not used to this many no. people hunting public land this close um and that that is hard to do it i i feel like a little unsafe in gun season and yeah, yeah it's just it's just not really for me i don't really like it that much yeah it, i took my nephew out this year for his first time turkey hunting and uh, we went up right outside of uh, carlisle and there's some it's not state land it's private it's private land but they have it leased out somehow in another where it's it's public. That's what those signs are. Hunters keep out of the beans. It's an old, old, that's, yeah, that's something song. like that. But uh, I told him, so we got to get up early. We got up here almost two hours before daylight, and there was a truck park right where I was going to go. So I'm, I'm not the only person who knows about the area. So we get up there, and I was like, all right, well, just wait till you know, closer to daylight, and we'll walk back in. And then no sooner got daylight, we heard a shot about, 75 yards from us. And I just looked at him and I was like, pretty sure they shot him out of the tree because I didn't hear a gobble. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you're going to hear him come and out. It's not often that exactly at daylight yeah. that those birds are getting down. Yeah, it was like, I never heard anything come out of the tree and I didn't hear a gobble, but it is what it is when you're on state land and you just got to make the best of it. And yeah. So, some places you can get back in a little further and other places you can't, but. Yeah, it's, I, the reason that this is called Mountain and Marsh is because I, uh, we, my family since 1952 has been hunting a stretch of mountain in Virginia, uh, in Augusta County, um, for down by Staunton. We've been hunting down there forever, and so um, it's it's practically in my blood. Like I was going there when I was a little kid, and, and we the whole camp everybody goes, and so down there, um, I we can go from the trailhead. I can walk until the next road. You can walk like maybe nine, 10 miles or something like that. So you can hunt. If, if there could be 10 trucks at the trailhead, and I know if I go three miles, there's nobody else. Yeah. So that's how we've always deer hunted and turkey hunted down there. And it was nice. It was freeing. I can, I can put miles on my boots. It might hurt the next day. I might be a little sore, but I can go find something. And, and here, when I moved to Pennsylvania, went to Michelle. I start. We started putting miles on. I'd end up at another road. Yeah, I'm you're like, another road. What the hell? Like, I, I'd get on my map and look, and finally get service, and oh shit! Yeah. We turn around, and go the other way. It, yeah, it, it was a lot harder than I was used to. And everybody had told me that PA public lands were were hard to hunt. I did. I didn't expect it, but yeah. it, it it was. It is very hard to hunt. You get up north, it's a lot better. Uh, the northern PA hunting's a lot better state land, but it's rough. It's rough hunting. Yeah, it's. A lot different down here. I mean, don't get me wrong. Pennsylvania don't have mountains. Pennsylvania has hills compared to other places like Virginia, West Virginia. Yeah. I got some mountains. But it, it's just a lot rougher, a lot thicker. You can get yourself turned around pretty quick unless yeah. you really know where you're at. But 
there's some super good hunting up north. Yeah, I know, I know some guys with camps up there that do do kill some real nice right. mountain bucks. Yeah, and since they started that point restriction, it's made a difference. That's especially, what they tell me up there. Especially up north, it's made a difference. There's yeah. going to be some hogs up there, but you got to go back in for them. Mm-hmm. The people will say there's not big deer up there. They're not hunting out. They're there. the ones hunting half mile from the truck or less. Or, or out the or truck whatever. window. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, they're looking out the window. Like, well, we're not seeing any big buck. Get back in there. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was two years ago I put out a cell camera. Out in Virginia, I put a cell camera about three and a half miles out at a big, long saddle on top of the mountain where the logging road that runs out kind of gets close to it. I put that that trail camera out there, and I got a few, like, hammer, hammer, like 140, 150-inch bucks in, in the middle of the mountains in Virginia, and guys will say, there's no guy. The locals will say, there's no deer on the mountain, and they'll say, well, the acorns are bad this year. We aren't seeing anything. Or, and I'm like, I'm, I'm here. Look at my, look at my phone. Yeah. I woke up this morning at 4 a.m. to that. So I know where I'm headed, but they're you calling know. bullshit on you because they can get back in. Yeah, you. well, they, they, yeah, they'll, they, they'll go a mile max, and then, yeah. well, I don't want to go any farther. It's like, well, that's where that's where they're at back yeah. here. But, and I, I've grown like in the 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 deer right here behind me on the table. That's a I killed that buck probably a mile and a half from camp, um, and. We're not, I'm not a, we're not like big antler hunters on public land in Virginia. Um, we shoot any, I'll shoot a, a if a button bug breaks skin, I'm going to shoot yeah. him. Like that, that's <laughs> what I'm legally allowed to shoot. Yeah. Uh, but you know, up, up home I do, we do on our lease in Maryland stuff. We try to, a big three and a half might get it. And then, and then anything older than that we'll hunt. But yeah, we, uh, down there, man, it's nice. Cause it's kind of relieving for me. I, we, we get to go out and just. Have shoot fun. whatever have Put fun eat in the freezer drink way too much you know <laughs> not get up till seven oops it's sunlight yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's that's something that's something that a lot of people don't do as well is uh i feel that a lot of people don't have deer camps anymore yeah. and i'm and i'm pretty fortunate for that i know a lot of guys wish they did have deer camps and i i as well wish they had a deer camp to go to because i know how much fun it is like, to you know go down there and get away and especially as a kid growing up that was one of my favorite things just going to camp the camaraderie and listening to the old well, now i'm one of the older guys but when i was a kid listening to the older guys and their stories and probably 90 percent of them weren't true but everybody's going along with it yeah you know, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah i remember i remember and as you're as a kid you're like oh, that deer had to be huge it was probably a spike buck <laughs> in yeah. the truck but it's just all about that growing up being around the hunters and yeah I, my grandfather tell my grandfather's a storyteller and but he he uh he shot a big nine point down there years ago and this is true this is the true part of the story he was still liquor drunk the night before woke up late went out and shot every round out of his 32 winchester special with rifle open rifle sights on it and you know hit it a couple times ended up finding it and it it is a big buck. It's probably a one thirty five or so buck. Uh, beautiful deer, perfectly symmetrical, tall. And uh, he tells people to this day, no joke. He'll tell people sometimes that he gets it confused in his head, but he'll say two forty or he'll say like he <laughs> he'll be telling people at a restaurant in, in Virginia yeah. with us like, yeah, man, I I'm not yeah I, up there on that mountain in the back there at the old peach orchard. I shot the 240 inch deer, and they just look at him and look at us, and we're like, 
<laughs> but you know what, what are you gonna do? He, yeah, he's old enough. You don't say anything to him. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, when I was just on that second deer hunt, I was in and out of stands, and I, I mean, I tried to be safe, safe as I can going in and out. So, but I was unloading and loading my gun so many times. I got in stand that night, and it was the last night, and I seen this deer come out, and I put the scope up on it. I was like, oh, there's my chance, you know. I put scope on it and click. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Cause I was giving my buddy shit, Zach. I call him Dingus. I put him in my stand this year. He's never killed a decent rack buck and he had a nice seven point and he had two misfires out of my stand at 35 yards with his gun. I was like, man, tell me my shells ain't gonna go off now. I opened it up. I never racked one in. So I racked one in quick. Now I'm nervous because deer's a little over 200 yards and they ain't very big. I flat out miss it. It turns, goes the other way, and I squeeze no, and I hit it. I was like, oh. It was just, I had one minute left of daylight. I, could see, I saw it drop, but I couldn't tell if it got back up or not. And about five minutes later, the guy that was about 200 yards down from me, he was hunting with us, he shot. I'm like, shit. Did I miss? Did he just get the deer I shot? So I sent him a text. He goes, no, I just shot a fox. <laughs> I was like, good. Let's go out and see if I can find my deer, and we found yeah. it, but. But, yeah, I mean, it's just fun, the stories like that and stuff you have. A lot of guys never admit when they miss. They're like, oh, no. Me, I admit it every time. <laughs> I had the greatest shot in the world. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I still either. get nervous. Yeah, I'll get a nice doe in front of me, and I still get nervous. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, if I lose that, I don't want to go hunting anymore. I mean, when I got the opportunity to shoot, if I don't have that adrenaline rush, yeah. I don't, don't want to hunt. Right. That's the attraction. Yeah. yeah. And it's I love, like I said, I'm a meat hunter first over horns. You get a big rack buck in front of me, I'd probably shit my pants because I'm just like, I've shot some nice buck, I ain't going to lie. But you get a nice rack buck in front of me, I'm going to get even more nervous. You give me a little rack buck, and I'm like, yeah, that's going in the freezer. <laughs> Especially where I hunt because if I could manage them in my area, I would. But it's impossible for me, for the people that hunt around us. It's a simple fact that if I let this buck go, 200 yards, there's a guy across the road going to shoot it. Yeah. Where I could let it grow, yeah, but it's just impossible for me in the area to hunt. Where you got bigger areas in farmland where guys can let them grow, and I've been invited to them places, I'll pass them up all day long. It's hard. This right. year I passed up two nice bucks. My buddies invited me over to hunt, and I'm like, oh, that's smacky one of the main day, but. I can't. I'm on their, their property to let them grow, and I appreciate that. But it was more fun being able to watch them. Yeah. Because when, when I'm hunting them where I'm at, I see them. They're close enough to shoot. I shoot them. And it's more fun to me to go to a place where you can watch them, judge them, see see how they're growing and stuff like that. But yeah, it's getting harder and harder to find places like that anymore. Yeah, that's that's why that's why we manage is because it is fun. Like. My, my, we, we were meat hunters when I was younger. That's, you know, and I was probably until I was 21, I'm 31 now. So until I was probably about 21, we just meat hunted and we got this lease and there were a couple of real nice bucks on there. And we, we decided we're like, let's, let's try, you know? Yeah. And even my dad still was like, yeah, let's try. And then he, he'd shoot a six point or something. And, but, and then after a couple of years and it was like, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going to do it. We're buckling down and do it. And that's what is fun is pre rut. You know, those bucks are still bedding oh, yeah. on our property. 
we knew where they were moving, and you, you know, we'd have our bows and we'd see him at hundred yards, yeah. like, oh my god, look at him, there he is. And but just the same as you said, the guys around us shoot everything. I mean, we're we're almost certain. My dad was just leaving the farm lane the other day, and there was a dead like four point lane right beside the driveway. We don't know where where he came from or or what. And he was untouched, so we dad knew he had just got shot. Yeah. Uh, Maryland just had last weekend had the three day rifle season. Their late rifle season, and uh, on that Sunday at lunchtime, dad drove by and there he was, and he's like. I know that that deer just got shot. Man. We also have a we also have a pretty serious uh, poaching issue. Um, the the deer that do grow, everybody finds out about them, and then uh, I I spot and stalked a buck last year, and then we went to Virginia like the day after, and he disappeared. And I remember certain somebody shot him at night because there's a couple groups of poachers around there, and Man. it's it's hard for us to you know keep up with it. Uh, we still do it to this day, but it, it is. It's really yeah, it's hard. Tough. Yeah, I got a buddy. Uh, my buddy Benny, he hunts out west. He's guide in Iowa, and they got some hogs out there. He brings these ho- these horns home, 170, 160-inch buck, and it's like, your mouth's just watering over them. Mm-hmm. But that's common out there. <clears throat> and he tells his hunters, <clears throat> he's like, oh, it's a four-year-old deer. It's 140-inch deer. <clears throat> They're passing it up. I see a 140 inch deer here. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I'm shooting it. <laughs> yeah, but, but out there it's just it depends on the area you're in, how much land you have, and how you can let them grow. And different areas you can, and other areas you can't. Yeah. But, and if you can get you, some people here, you get some good neighbors. My buddy Steve, he's got some real good neighbors. <clears throat> they let them grow, and you can, you can do that. And, but. Yeah, yeah, we. You were saying about like sometimes make missing and things and and like this year I, you know I, I hunt full bore all the time like it's it's a it's a detriment sometimes my wife's like hey what the hell are you doing like yeah. you just spend too much time hunting but I I hunt so much and but even then on top of that shooting my bow and all this this year I I grunted this buck in off the neighbors and he come running over through a thicket and. I drew a real big buck, tall buck we had on the property, and I drew back. And when he turned to the turned to go one way, I went to spin around the tree, standing up, and I bumped the tree and released the arrow about ten foot in front of him. And the arrow lodged in the ground, and he just looked at it, and then he stood up, turned, walked straight back straight away from back. me. And I thought, I've spent all summer looking at these deer on camera, and I've spent all this time, and we, you know, we've let manage and let these deer go. And I just fucking blew it. Like, <laughs> just completely blew it. I was like, God damn. Like, but then you got to think, he's going to be bigger next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, until the neighbor shoots him. But, yeah, but like like you're saying, that's that's exactly right. I, I think around here, I've talked about it with guys before, even on the podcast, and we've talked about how guys, like I, I said, I have a buddy, Rye. Rye grew up with me, and uh, he went to high school with me in Union Bridge, Maryland, and um, – he he works for Midwest Whitetails. He films in Iowa. He lives in Iowa, um, and he's a he films, edits, and even they even get to hunt. Him and his wife have shot some giant awesome. bucks with those guys, and he moved out there because there that's where the big bucks are. But just like the Eastern Shore of Maryland here, I believe if like everybody was like, hey, let's all just wait until they're Let three. Them grow. 
then we'll see how big they get. Yeah. I, I believe if everybody did it like they did in Iowa, they would get that big here. Yeah. I, I think the genetics are good enough here to do that. Oh, um, definitely. And the and the battlefield has proven yeah. that to me. Like I I've seen some some giants here, and um, I I think that it's a uh, it's just that people don't know. And it I understand I understand a lot of guys that uh, like older guys who would be like, well, what the hell, like. If it's a doe, sixty pounds, or if it's a hundred and eighty inch buck, it don't matter to me, and that's fine. You know, I nah. it's it's good by me. I get it. It's hunting. It's all legal. It's good. But also, I hate when guys are like, "No, the bucks don't get bigger out here." I'm like, "No, they do." I'm yeah. telling you. I'm telling you, they can because I've yeah. seen it. <laughs> Let them grow a little bit. And, and and but like I said, not that I'm I'm judging anybody on nope. how they they hunt. Just that I hate when guys say they don't get bigger out here. I'm like. They, they do, do man. Yeah. They do, and I, and I show people all the time. Like, look at these trail cam pictures here in Gettysburg. Like, you wouldn't, yeah. you know, you wouldn't even guess it. And they get these deer that come through here are just crazy. But and I'm I'm sitting here. I'm not knocking state land. I'm not knocking land I hunt on, saying they don't get big because they do. You got your smart bucks, mm-hmm. and you're gonna see them. I see guys kill bucks out of Michelle. I'm like, no way. Yeah. Like, how is that deer on Michelle? Yeah, but <laughs> but they do. I'm just saying, certain areas you get a buck in front of you. You better take it because no, exactly. Legal, yeah. You better take yeah. it because you might not get that opportunity again in certain areas. Yeah, but they they definitely do get big. And if, but if you get the community around you, like you said, come together, you're gonna get a lot bigger. Deal. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of the people in this area, hunting used to be a poor man's sport. Mm-hmm. It's not. Uh, yeah. Not. A, it's not anymore. It's a rich man's no, hobby. Sick, sick of gear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, think about that stuff. It's a rich man's hobby anymore, and. uh when I grew up, we hunted to eat. My grandfather, my family, my whole family, we hunted to eat. So we, we went out deer hunting. We shot a deer. We're feeding the family. Right. And it's still that way for a lot of people. And for me, myself, I don't buy beef. We live off whatever we shoot and kale harvest. But you have your trophy hunters, and then you have people like myself and other people that that's what they live off of. And I know poaching is a huge problem, but... Down yeah. south in a lot of these poverty areas, yeah, they can get a job. They, a lot of people need to get a job, but some people can't, and that's what they live on. And it's, it's not. It's, it's sad just, to say, but it's not just get a job. Where we hunt in Virginia, yeah. the jobs down there don't pay shit. Yeah. So the guy, so the local guys who live in a little beat up rancher house, they don't live in a house that's needed siding for ten years because they don't give a shit. It's so because they can't, they afford, can't it. afford it. Yeah. And I, we actually, when I was coming up through deer camp and we still hunt with those same families today, but 20 years ago, these, this family of these guys, that the McLeans that we hunted with all the time that were from Craigsville, Virginia, where we hunt at, these guys were broke. They t- If you shot an extra deer and you didn't need something, well, we didn't, but no. there were other guys that would camp on the mountains. Like one year, it was like 70 degrees. And these boys across from us had a little camp. They had shot a big old 10-point. And it was laying there with the hide on for two, three days in like 60 to 70-degree weather. And finally, Mr. Bob stopped up there and asked them, what are you doing with that deer? And they ended up just cutting the head and the hide off of it and giving him the deer because he, he needed to meet that bad. Uh-huh. So, the you know, the, there's, there's such this big difference between, you know, People around Maryland who have money, there's a lot of jobs with money yeah. around here. And then in Pen- lower Pennsylvania especially. And then these guys who where I hunted, where we hunt at in Virginia and these families we hunt with that 
they can drive 45 minutes to a job and it's still only pay them $17 an hour. Yeah. And then they can't, them and their, between them and their wife, they make 70 grand a year and they can't afford amenities. They can't afford, so they eat majority deer yeah. meat. So I, and I, so I understand that too. I grew up yeah. around these guys and I understand that very well. But. Yeah. I'll never justify poaching, but I'm just saying there's, there's people yep. out there that do it legit. Not, it ain't, it's not even legit. I can't even say that. Get in trouble for that. I'm just saying there's people that do it for the right reasons to feed their family. The yeah. people going out shooting trophies at nighttime, they ought to be hung like. Just fucking, to show their buddies, yeah, like, just, look what I did. They need to be hung like pedophiles. Fuck them people. It, but if people that are out there trying to feed their families, yep. I can sympathize with that a little bit, but these guys are going out here shooting these trophies at nighttime, they're like a pedophile to me. They, they just all need to be hung. When I was out, I went out and hunted uh, with a guy has a little Instagram page called Mon River Waterfowl. And, uh, so he had me out through the podcast. He had me out last year right below Pittsburgh. We were in Brownsville, Pennsylvania in cold country. I'd never been out there. We went out there duck hunting on the river. And uh, when I was driving in, I went, he's like, hey, man, I'm eating dinner. And then you can come over to the house. I was only like 10 minutes away. So I stopped at this little bar in Brownsville and get bike to eat and get a beer. I'm sitting in there, and these there's all these people around me coming, filtering in locals, and the guy beside me, and it was so poor, and there were some rough characters there, and like the the barmaid, I'd I'd hear her say, "Shit, there's that guy," and there'd be a guy walking out front, and I, I'd hear him like, "Leah, last night he was asking us for money and and food and stuff," yeah. and then the, these locals down from me were like, "Oh, where are you from?" Because they got that Yenzer accent. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm from Gaysburg. They're like, what are you doing out here? I said, hunting. They said, oh, there's no deer over there. I said, no, I'm out here duck hunting. You should have seen their faces. I said, tell them I'm, duck, I'm out there to duck hunt on that little dinky river below Pittsburgh. But, yeah, it, just, it was such a poor area. It reminded me of where I hunt in Virginia. It was just such a poor area that I, I thought the same thing. I was like, man, yeah. the only thing is people have is, is coal, and that's it. And and they're they're living off of every job that three quarters of the men in this area have is probably coal related, uh, or they're traveling long distances yeah. to get to their jobs. And uh, that's that that area. I just thought the same thing. I thought you know I bet these people really live off their means. You know they really live tight to the wallet, and um, and you know they have to worry about food and they gotta. And so that same type of thing, I, I I do I do believe that as well. And we've always said that, you know, the, the guys down there, hell, they'd take a they take a dough any day of the, the week just oh, to yeah, put just, it in the freezer. They didn't care, like they didn't care how it came. They they needed to put it in the freezer. You know what I mean? So yep. But well, the it's it's sweet that that uh, you you come on the podcast and and you hunt. And you have such a, a presence because um, I think the the hunting community doesn't have many people. There's not many people who are in. Would it be like an influencer, like a social media influencer? And yeah, I get called an influencer, a creator. Like the outdoor industry doesn't have many people like that. You got yeah. Michael Waddell, and you got you know guys who have hunted for years, and they're the guys yeah. who are like the beacon. But there aren't many people. Who are just solely good-natured people that can still making relate. videos that yeah. we can relate to as outdoorsmen and women. It's you know yeah. it's hard for, for the for the average person. And like I said, people call me an influencer, or creator. I'm not none of that. I just got lucky with the following. 
And with my following, I try and push the local people like yourself, people that have talent. I'll do that videos. I'll push their videos. Just try and get them those like, hey, this person has talent. Get them. But um, I can I reach out and I talk to everybody. I try and like personally answer everybody's questions and stuff. Because even though I'm a nobody, a lot of people look up to me like I am somebody, which I'm not. But for that person that you answer, they're like, oh, my God, this guy answered me back. He did this. He did that. Even though I'm a nobody, you're making somebody's day. And that means a lot. I mean, to me, it's nothing. But these people were like, I can't believe you answered me. And people will see me out in public or say something. And a lot of people won't say anything. And then I'll get a message. Hey, did I just see you at this place? Like, yeah, you should have came up and said hi or something. We are down in Tennessee, and I'll never forget it, down in Pigeon Forge. And my youngest daughter, Shipbrick, some guy came up to her, and he's like, are you Shipbrick? She's like, got all embarrassed. She's like, he's over there. <laughs> but he That's recognized funny. her from the video. And they, we just started talking, and then. The people like that are like people you can connect with because they're just like us. They're, they're right, cool right. people. And yeah, that that is really sweet. I I don't get to see it at, at any on on that level, but sometimes guys will ask me like because uh, I do I do so much hunting and uh, I do a lot of well, not a lot anymore. I used to do a lot of mushroom hunting and and fishing, and we do a lot of saltwater fishing. And like people people will ask me questions yeah. about. Like, hey, when I'm waterfowl hunting like this, what? And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just a guy who goes out and hunts, man. I, I get lucky. I'm, yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I try my best, but like, yeah, I, yeah. and I can help you, but I, I don't think I'm like some sort of super professional yeah. or something. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not that <clears throat> by any means. I, like I said, that second deer hunt was my first hunt for that, and I loved it. Whitetail hunting, I know what I'm doing, but I'm not gonna get you the biggest buck if we go out there. Just because I have people following me, doesn't mean I'm. Right, good hunter. I'm just lucky when I see one, but I love to share the outdoors and yeah, and yep. cam- like with camo space, that's the best part about that. I I just created a group page uh, for recipes because I love trying other people's recipes, so I put it on there. I think it's uh, smoke twice venison. You smoke it in the field, and then you smoke it when you get home, <laughs> and just trying to get other people's recipes and stuff like that because I love trying different shit out. Yeah, yeah, I, I love to cook. That that's one of my favorite things too. Is uh, I use deer meat in a million ways now. When I was growing up, we we ate deer meat more than I well, as much as we eat deer meat here at my home now. But it's always the same way. We we ate. My dad made deer meat, rolled in flour, salt and pepper, and fried. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't matter what day of the week it was. It didn't matter yeah. what ingredients were in the fridge. We ate it rolled in flour yeah. and, and fried hard. And yeah, and fried hard. yep. And and now we uh you know we make things different and and many different many different avenues and Mexican food and Man. Chinese food and all kind of stuff. Oh, I yeah. I'll make it all different kind of ways and burritos. Yep. Yeah. I I, lo- I love that. I I love being able to. And that's something that's cool to teach to teach people through the social media. Is every once in a while I'll just throw up a little video or a post about what I'm what I made. People will reach out and I'll give them I'll give them kind of a I do it off the top of my head a lot, but yeah. I'll kind of give them the, the rundown on how I did it, and yeah. that way people can make it themselves. And uh, and that's a that's a really good way to connect people with the outdoors. A lot of people shit on hunters, but you know, hunters harvest meat, but they buy meat that is yeah. processed. You exactly. know, you know, so it's 
what what's what's really the difference other than we went out in the woods and did it and they got their meat from a a factory somewhere yeah. you know so but yeah yeah, yeah. we we can take a time out people watching on facebook i got pissed <laughs> we'll be right back <laughs> hey guys before we get rolling again uh check out mountain and marsh podcast Mike's awesome. He's hooking me up. We've got the Keystone lights. <laughs> We're making night of it. He's supposed to get up at like one o'clock and want to leave for Maryland. I don't know if it's gonna happen. <laughs> we don't. We, I don't ironically drink Keystone. I just yeah. drink Keystone. So the only reason I knew about Jason was because my buddies years ago would send me his videos because he drank Keystone. <laughs> but he may or may not get up to go hunting in the morning. Oh, I will. Yeah. Hell, we. <laughs> I, I that the buck right there. I think I was still drunk and I shot him. I was so fucking hungover. But yeah, now we've I for for a few years now. Well, I'd say for the last eight to ten years I've hunted the bay. But I got hooked up with a guy named Chuck Metzger and Chuck, awesome guy he, down in. Uh, I guess he's around the edge of Baltimore and Hartford counties where he lives. But he grew up on the bay and uh, him and and my buddy Mike Salini. They have a big two-man, expensive, expensive two, two-man layout boat, big old War Eagle uh, center console duck boat, and we hunt down there with those guys. And he still uses his grandfather's canvasback decoys oh, on shit. long lines that that they hunted over when he was a kid and, and killed birds. So I'm fortunate to be able to hunt with him because he's got he has so much knowledge. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. So uh, we we spend a lot of time down there on the bay and. I just, I've grown to love, I, I grew up on Chesapeake um, and uh, Ch- Shingateague. We were in Shingateague a lot. My parents have a place in Shingateague and uh, dad, the boat right out there, it's my dad's center console and he spends a lot of time offshore and on the wrecks and stuff like that. And uh, we just, I just love it down there, man. And it, it, it's, it's terrible because I'm torn because I do love the mountains. I really do, especially turkey season. I love chasing yeah. birds in the mountains, but I've thought many times about moving down to the shore. I, Vienna is it's my favorite place on the shore is the Vienna area. Really it is. And I talk to my dad all the time about it. I'm like, man, we ought to buy property down there. Like, we got to buy a farm. Uh, and my wife, we've talked about moving down there a bunch. And uh, probably every six months I say, let's move to the shore. And she goes, all right. And then a month later I, I give it up. <laughs> I stop looking on Zillow because it's too expensive, you know, and yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, I, I really do love it down there. I, I think it's awesome that that you know uh, Denny gave you guys the opportunity to go down there, and that just because it is uh, the the people that don't duck hunt think I'm nuts. But when you when you're on the bay down there, no matter where out on the bay, and that sun comes up, and it's a it's a nice morning, that sun comes up, man, it's like you know tomorrow morning it'll be ten degrees on the water yeah. and. My, even my, even my dad will be like, "You're fucking stupid. Why would you go down there in, in the cold and the wet just to kill six ducks?" And I'm like, yeah. you, "That's what it is. It, it is so cool watching passion. thousands of birds fly by in the morning, and yeah, it it is so cool being out there in nature. I love it so much. And some of them ducks, are, like the the diver ducks and the mud ducks you're hunting, are, they're beautiful, freaking animals. They're just yeah, so pretty." I got a redhead in the freezer right there. I'm, I'm, I think I think I got a canvas back in the taxidermist at the taxidermist right now. I might get. What's funny is I spent 
years, just like my meat hunter days, yeah. I spent years of my life waterfowl hunting that I never ta- taxidermied anything. I thought we just shot them and ate them. Like yeah. I didn't know anything. Wood ducks, I shot wood ducks all the time. Didn't I never kept them? Well, I got t- I got one at the taxidermist right now. It should be almost done, but. My wood duck I shot last year, I shot a real nice one, and my buddies were like, man, I wish I'd shoot a wood duck. And I That'd be I got a spot that we'd shoot them all t- We shoot them all the time. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I, They're the best eating duck, in my opinion. I was like, we eat them. Yeah. You know? and they, but they were like, man, they're the prettiest ducks. So I decided to get them out, get one mounted. But I, uh, I, just, I just love it. I really do. Uh, waterfowl hunting is – it's misunderstood by people who don't do it a lot of times, but – Man, when you when you do it and you're just like you said, like in Colorado there weren't that many hunters or Minnesota, whatever. That that is an area, just like I talked about the whitetail on the eastern shore of Maryland. Yeah. People don't talk about Maryland's a buck. Those states out there, Idaho, they don't get they don't get their run on waterfowl. They kill some beautiful birds out there. And and a lot of birds, if you get on geese right, you know, you can kill a oh, lot yeah. of geese out there. And and I know guys who do it through the podcast I've oh, met. Yeah. It's just uh Waterfowl hunting is one of my is it's just one of those things, you know. I turkey hunting's my favorite, I think. I love chasing turkeys, but uh waterfowl is right there too. And I, you know, it's it's fun to me. If I'm wet at 5 30 a.m. and freezing my ass off, it sucks. And by yeah. 7 a.m., if we're shooting into a group of 50 well canvas backs, it's like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think about it, you know. So well if Denny's listening. Evidently, he's a hell of a turkey man too down there in his farm. I'll have to get Denny and get you down there and do some turkey hunting. Yeah, I, I I would I would love to. Dad and I spent used to, or Dad and I, my uncle, we've spent some years down the shore hunting uh, turk chasing turkeys. But like Pocomoke State Park, we we'd chase them around. There'd be guys everywhere, you know. Yeah. You, you we we had a guy cut us off one year, shoot a bird that we were calling for like an hour. I don't know if he snuck in and cut us off or what, but he shot that bird we were calling to. <laughs> and uh, but down in Virginia, we chased him down there on public land, and I just it, it it's it's awesome down there. Uh, I think people are catching on because people around Blackwater really pack that place up now. Um, but you know, the farther you get from that Chesapeake Bay south. The less people there are around, and, and the better the hunting gets, and easier the hunting gets because there's less people. But yeah, I, I, I do. I really enjoy it down there, and um, hopefully, I can purchase a farm at some point in, in the near future. I, I'd like to, I'd like to have a little spot down there. I could, I could hunt turkeys and hunt ducks. That would be yeah. first and foremost. Big whitetails would be sweet too. You know, sick of deer's a plus, but I know yeah. guys. I know people probably shoot you over second deer property. So my, people are serious about that stuff. My buddy just Connor, I was talking about earlier, he just got lucky on a property down there on an island. He bought 35 acres with a house, ended up turning around selling the house in seven acres, paying for the whole property. And I, I told his, I've known Connor since he was little. I keep telling his daddy, that boy's got a golden horseshoe shoved up his ass somewhere because yeah. he just dipped in it. And now he's got a sick of deer hunting property that down there. He lives in Salisbury. He's yep. a firefighter, but he's he's got to introduce me to Denny. And but he's just an awesome hunter. And when he puts posts up on Facebook, whatever, it looks like something out of Outdoor Life magazine. I mean, the boy can write. He's a young guy like yourself, and he's he's just awesome. It's I love to see the younger guys like that, like yourself, that are into it, doing it because with today's world, where's it going? And, 
we need to keep the youth in it and keep the youth active yeah. and hunting. Mm-hmm. It's scary. I, I don't know where it's going to be in a few years, but we need the youth out there hunting. I don't I, – maybe that's something you've thought about. I, I've thought a lot about because my boys I, – I got two boys, and and uh, Waylon's – he's three and a half, and Bo is – he'll be two in April. So I, I know that they'll be engulfed in it because I am, my dad is, my grandfather yeah. is, you know, my, my whole family is. I know that they'll grow up with it, but I worry – People be, around them. I worry the people around them, and I also worry – um Property value has gone up so much, and the fact that now every farmer around either has ten people hunting, or they have a they you have to pay to hunt there. They have a lease system. Oh, they're building and, a solar field, or or they're building a solar, or or they're selling out to the Amish, or they're yeah. selling out to developments. It's there are so many angles hitting right now that yeah. it's it's hard to find ground. You can't hard a normal person can't hardly afford ground anymore. So the only way to have ground is to have permission. And uh, it's just like us. We don't, we don't hunt a great piece. Our lease in Maryland in Carroll County and Tonytown is not a great lease. Um, in terms of what you'd want for a leased whitetail property, not, not great, no. but we have to pay the lease. We don't have a very expensive lease and we have, but we have to pay it. Cause she's already said, well, the farmers around me are getting more, and I've already talked to other hunters about yeah. them coming in and for more. And we're like, oh, shit. So we have to pay what we pay um, or we'll lose it and we won't have any. And that that's a real – that really sucks because I know when my kids – you know, give it another 10 years. When my kids are, kids are old enough to carry a gun and start hunting themselves – um, I don't know if Pennsylvania has a limit, but I know that in, in Maryland there isn't an age limit. I shot my first deer at nine. Um, and, you know, if I can – who knows? I might not even be able to afford a farm for my son to kill his first deer on, let alone get permission somewhere. For him yeah. So that that bothers me. I, I think about that all the time is am I going to have to raise him the hardest way in hunting is, all right, we're going to go to public with the rest of these – goons and we're all going to get out here and try to get something because you know i'd i'd like to be able to just take him out and hunt and i don't think i'm gonna have that as is what i'm afraid of that's what that's what i was saying earlier what i was trying to make a point of it used to be a poor man's sport and a way of feeding your family and now it's a rich man's hobby and for the people that grew up that's all they had they they can't even afford to do that anymore they used to be able to go out and take care of a farmer's field edges help them out on the farm do this and that and they get permission to hunt well now they got somebody coming in well i'll give you so many thousand dollars a year to hunt your farm well that guy that was coming in all those years helping you do everything he's getting pushed out because he didn't have the money to pay but he had the time to help and it it really hurts the the poor guys out there i'm not saying poor but the guys that can't afford it yeah and that's what sucks less and less availability and once the availability is not there, it drives the demand up. And then the farmers who are money, I don't want to say money hungry because that sounds yeah. bad. The, the farmers who are smart enough to understand All right, yeah, my, my hunting land is worth money, yeah. then they start trying to get leases. And then as soon as you put a, a, a dollar value on it, you push out majority of the hunters. And, you know, we don't pay an expensive lease, and we're lucky enough that my father and I make good enough money that we can afford yeah. to put money toward the lease. But, I mean, it 
if she raised the price any, it, we we might, might not, not be, be there anymore. Yeah. And so uh, that could happen this this spring. I might find that out and be gone. So yeah. that it sucks. It really does. And I I pray it, my my boy Waylon. I bring ducks home, and he's always like, Dad, I want to go duck hunting. I want to go duck hunting. And it's a it's dangerous where I hunt, and yeah. I don't want to take him at that age out, out there. The water. But if I had a nice little farm to hunt, like I grew up when I was in my teens and I hunted with my buddies, half the, half the farms in Carroll County would let us hunt. Yeah. And we did. We, we goose hunted field. We hunted fields for geese and we hunted farm ponds for ducks. And we had a great time doing it. And that's how I cut my teeth. Well, now I can't find anywhere like that for my boy to hunt uh, with me. And so, it, you know, it's hard to find somewhere that I can yeah. take him out and sit him in a blind with a heater and say, Feel all, safe. Right, all right, buddy, you know, we're, you sit here, I'll go get the decoy, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't feel like I hunt in a safe way yeah. uh, for him. For and him. If that boat sinks and I'm in it, That's I know I'm that at. I can make mental decisions that'll get me to that shoreline. If, if the boat sinks and he's there with me, it, it turns that all on its yeah. head. So, um, yeah. That, and it's hard to keep, you want to keep the kids interest as long as you can when you're out there and, you get them out there, and they're freezing that cold, and they're miserable. Yeah. I don't care how many ducks kill; they're not going to enjoy it. Yeah. You got to keep them really comfortable. Yeah. And it's my. I mean, when I was a kid, we didn't have anything to keep ourselves occupied. My dad, if I got cold, why don't you walk up here and go around here and through that cut right I know, there? I was making a deer drive for yep, you. Yep. Exactly. Time I thought yep. I was just <laughs> looking around. I got yeah. Out here, him shooting. Yeah. Here, eat, eat another zebra cake or something. Yeah. <laughs> a little Debbie. He's like, you don't got to be quiet. Just go up there, walk around, up in here a little bit. But yeah, I, a lot, lot of things have changed. And 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 me at only you know, thirty one in comparison, I still I I grew up. That's how we were. You know, my dad would do the same right. thing, or we you know we bump hedgerows for the older guys, or yeah. we you know that that's just what we did. If we got cold, we did that, or whatever and it's it sucks because i i know when we've kept our kids away from ipad we don't do the ipad thing it's not but and, and our kids spend a lot I, we have four acres here so my kids yeah. get to spend all earlier my son went out my sister was here they walked out back and found this used to be a farm found an yeah. old uh lower hog jaw was out there in the woods they found it like it just things like that you could you know you go out here and whatever the kids can dick around and find things and roll over a log and a lot of kids don't get to do that. Uh, and right here, I'm sure you can find some cool Civil Civil War artifacts yet still so, popping up through the ground. So right here where we're at, there's a spring head right back behind this building. And there was a Union Cavalry here, and there was a skirmish here. Um, and it's not on any record, but we know there's a skirmish here because there's a guy that mail detects. And he mail detects my neighbors above his house and below my house, below the rocks down here. And he actually has found mashed bullets north and south on both sides against the rocks and then behind oh, it shit. found like virginia virginia sabots loose and like northern like new york sabots or where, wherever they were made yeah. and then but he's found uh belt cavalry belt buckles he found a probably i don't know if, i don't know how big they actually are but it, it looked to be about four or five inches and he, it was a um, artillery shell that had landed straight down the ground right behind my house, three feet deep where he found it. It never, oh, exploded. never exploded. He, he, he found it fully intact with the rifling on it and everything sunk yeah, down the ground. Cool. So he, they find all kinds of stuff here, yeah. yeah. 
That's I, like I'm too busy to do it myself, so I just let him do it. But but it's neat the history around here with the Civil War. Like my place, I'm 10, 10 12 miles, I guess be north of you, York Springs, and my house has yeah. got a Civil War plaque on from eighteen fifty seven. And they had battles there, but nothing like the Gettysburg area. I mean Gettysburg's known for it, but yeah. you're gonna have your battles on the outskirts and whatnot. But the history here is just it's amazing where you're at. Yeah, I well, I like to read a lot. lot you know, it, I'm a I'm a nerdy outdoorsman, I guess. Cause a, lot, a lot of people bust my balls, but I I like to read a little bit, and I like you know I, I like history. I like the uh, I like everything that happened here. And I grew up right down the road in Maryland in Tawnytown, so yeah. I'm only I think to get to my parents' house is about 18 minutes from here. So I grew up right down the road. I almost took it for granted. I yeah. I always thought Gaysburg. I was like, oh, it's just Gaysburg where the, the restaurants are, and like mm-hmm. the so you didn't take it for granted. And when we moved up here and we found this spot. We knew how sought after it was because it it had been on the market for three days, and there were seventeen realtor brochures on the table that other realtors had laid on the table. And, and uh, so our, you didn't get a deal on the place. Our realtor actually <laughs> said, "We I I had looked in the door. I knew my neighbor Tanner. I I knew him, and he was in a skidler drinking a beer. And I walked up and talked to him, and he's telling me how much land the deer. He showed me trail cam pictures." And that's when I walked down and said, "Hey, we'll we'll take, we'll it. take it." I didn't even walk in the house, <laughs> and and uh, Steph, our realtor, said, uh, "Look at how many brochures are on the table, like all these." And we were like, "Oh shit!" Like it, there all these people were here, and they're like, "There's priority and offer on it." And there were, but people had tried to lowball, but we went over top. Yeah, about five. We bought this for one hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. Like now, it's worth three hundred. Yeah, you got, you got a deal, but but whatever. But like. So we we put our offer in, and uh, a guy came back with a cash offer for like one eighty five or something, and we're like, oh, we lost it. And even our realtor said, if this cash offer is legit, you lost it. We ended up the next week. We went down Shinkatig. We were down there fishing and whatever, dicking around, drinking. And I got a phone call from Steph, our realtor, friends of my wife, and what's going on? And Deidre walked or she got the call. She walked over and was like, we got the house. I was like, no shit. So that was cool, you know. We got and uh, yeah, there lot. I didn't know the history, and then an old older gentleman stopped here one day. I mean, he might have been in his eighties, and uh, he stopped here in a little beat up Ford Ranger. He pulled into my neighbor's. We were out drinking beer, and he pulled in the driveway, and he said, "You guys know the history of this?" And we're like, "No, yeah, we we don't know." Tanner had just moved in six months before we moved in. He said, "There's a." I, when I was a kid, there was a little farm here. I used to take a dirt rake back there, and I'd just rake over the leaves. There's there's a wall around this whole property, an old rock wall. And he said, I'd take leaves and roll them over around that rock wall, and I'd find sabots all over the place. So we uh, we went around and, and messed around, tried to find some stuff, and um, found nails and, and uh, old nails, all kind of stuff. And finally, what we realized was when they had demoed the farm to put these houses in, we were getting all the thing. debris. Yeah. And uh, so we let a guy come in here, and I'm like, I don't know if there's much here, man. We found all – that guy the first day had found a, a belt buckle and like <laughs> a, strap, a, a strap buckle off a backpack, and we were like, oh, my God. And uh, so, yeah, he finds all kind of cool stuff here, and the, the history here is very cool. We, I always mess with my wife. We had a big black bear here a couple of weeks ago, and did you have one? Well, uh, probably two months ago, and and my, my wife and a big one, like a three hundred pounder, and my wife one night woke me up, and I always mess around. That 
she woke me up and said, do you hear that? And I'm like, it's a ghost. And I went back to sleep. <laughs> well, sure enough, that bear had flipped, flipped over our uh, septic tank, concrete septic tank lids, and he had drug our trash through the woods and all kind of shit. Oh, shit. And, uh, but uh, that was just a bear. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's it's yeah. sweet ha- living this close to all that history and uh, the, the amount of cool stuff that's happened yeah. here. You know? I was getting ready to ask you before you said that, if you believe in ghosts yet, being up here. but I grew up in, a, in, Union, in New Windsor. Maryland, I grew up in a house that was a makeshift hospital in the Civil War. And uh I swore I swore more in that house by far than that I live in a two thousand six home. Yeah. But I swore in that house that it was haunted when I was a kid yeah. because I lived in the room where the attic door was in the original side of the house. And I swore that that attic door when I was when I was sleeping in my bed, I'd wake up and I swore it was opening. Like it open and close and shit, and I and I'm and I still to this day I don't know if I really believe because we've lived here and I've been up at twelve forty five and walked outside start yeah. my truck and I don't one time I was pretty hitting the ass and I was taking a piss beside the building and I sw- I, I had a work truck then I worked for a company and I was standing between my truck and the and this building and I swore something it, the wind was blowing about forty mile per hour it was real rough that night. And something way slower than the wind was blowing, white, walked, like, went from behind the building, past me while I was pissing, and and then past my truck, and I lost sight of it. But I was hitting the ass, yeah. so I was like, there ain't no way. There, there ain't, there ain't. I walked back, I think there were people inside, like, a couple of my buddies, I walked back inside, I'm like, you ain't gonna believe this shit. Yeah. But, and they didn't, because I, I was hitting the ass, and I'm yeah. like... Then I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I don't believe myself. Actually, I don't know if I really did see anything. Did I see that or did but I see man, I, I, that's the that's the only thing that I've I've seen here that's been. But the when I was a kid, I swore I swore that old house was. This house isn't old enough. I don't think uh, it's the ground around it, not the house, right. but the ground around it. it. I've seen some stuff in Gettysburg that I don't even talk about. My wife's seen it with me, and we don't really say much about it, but we've seen it. So we believe it, but there's stuff that happens and you can't explain it. So what is it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if you ever been, you guys ever went to the Jenny Wade house. Mm -hmm. When, when we went in the basement, two part story. So the first part is what was really funny. Dad and I were sitting in the back. This is before I lived up here. I was younger. I was probably a teenager. We were up here and we're sitting in the back and there was a fan off to the right hand side because it's real hot in the basement in the summer. And they they take you down there and they got the dead the quote unquote dead body the clay bodies yep. laying down there on the bed. They had a box fan and Dad and I were watching it and Dad because Dad had hit me and said, "Look, watch that box fan." And the box you could see that the fan blade bearing was off was like worn and it was going thaw, 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 thaw. and all of a sudden the guy's telling the story and it went and hit. The ground, but like that, we knew that it was the bearing and it thrown it off. So it like spooked out. And he's like, see? And dad and I were cracking up. But but then we went into the little side, like a potato cellar that was there. And the guy's like, here's where we got all these pictures that people have taken. And I cannot explain. I was in the rooms where those pictures were taken. And it was like tourists on tours standing in these rooms. And the, the people that were like the visuals of the people that were standing behind them, or you could just barely see a shadow standing off to the side against a wall. I don't know how you'd read back then. There wasn't AI. 
Man. So I don't know how you would have recreated it. That that kind of made me believe like yeah. there's something going on because I I don't know how they would have made that up. Like it yeah. didn't make sense. It wasn't just those spots, you know, the orbs. No, it was legitimately something there on that. But yeah, it's pretty crazy. I I really do. I enjoy living up here. I I think it's really cool to to live within this much history. We just did my business junk clear. We just did a, a big clean out for um, King James Gallery and uh, an art gallery downtown and they're retiring and we went down in there and, and uh just the the artwork and like the old pictures of things that they had and that that was just so cool to me i'm like yeah. this is awesome the, like, just the history behind it is so i hated cool. history in school i was like just get me out of this class and now i love it that's all i watch on tvs like the history channel like oh, this is what i learned yeah. as much as i can like why didn't i do this when i was in school yeah <laughs> I, I I took I took this for granted, but I remember my mom on Mother's Day we always went somewhere that was history related, and uh, like one year we went to Antietam and it was uh, it was pretty warm, and Antietam, that's Virginia, uh, Maryland, but like Mar- right, right, Maryland, on, right in the Virginia uh, line, wet, wet, southwest or yep. like over by Frederick, but go keep yep. going west, west southwest, and uh, yeah, but we we were over there and um, like below Sharpsburg. And we were over there, and I remember as a kid, I hated it. It was hot, and I I was bitching the whole time. And but now I'm like, man, I wish we'd go back because that was cool, you know. I, I when I was a kid, I I took it for granted. It. I didn't appreciate it. it. And I, but man, how cool was that to get to go yeah. over there, you know, and, and see all that stuff? But I don't know. Hey, maybe uh, maybe uh, more. More people around here will, I, like you said, you like to take, take time with your social media and, and connect with local people and maybe more people will connect locally here. I, I try to connect with a lot of local folks, anybody who I think's bullshit, um, you know, I'll try to connect with them. If I think they're bullshit, I'll, all right, you know what? And and what I mean is like, if, if they just aren't, if I think they're a piece of shit, I'm not going to mess with them, but. A lot, there's a lot of egotistic folks in the quote-unquote outdoor industry. It's not even the yeah. industry. It's the social media of, of the outdoors. And uh, there's a lot of people who talk shit or are bullshit. But anybody who's down to earth and, and is good at, at what they do and they put out good content, I, I always try to push it too. And, or if they're a local company, I, I love pushing local companies. And I know that you um, – you're friends with a guy who's trying to make it in Nashville. My my cousin Aubrey is actually at Yeah, I remember you were saying about something I, about that. I now. can't remember if she goes to I can't remember the name of it. Brown University or something. It's it's in it's the it's like the music and arts college in, in Nashville. Okay. And that's where she's at. She she sings and she acts. That's that was it for her whole life. That's what she's done. And she's down there too. So that's yeah, awesome. it, it's really cool to um Who's the who's the the gentleman that you guys go watch all the time locally? Nathan Maravich. Nathan Maravich. Okay, yeah. He's a big hunter. He's just down the eastern shore doing a duck hunt, and uh, he's awesome. He's just he's so booked up right now. It's it's like I keep telling people at the local bars. I was like, come watch him while you can for free because he's it ain't gonna, gonna be last. Yeah, he, he's yep. gonna be somewhere. But like with my platform, what I'm what I do, I'd love to be able to put together like. I'd love – I can't afford it, but if I could get people to sponsor it, I'd love to get a kid's hunt put on somewhere 
where you have a couple kids that would never be able to do that type of hunt just to get them out on it and to experience right. it and yeah. be able to do it. Cause I see it on TV all the time. Some of these kids and it's like just seeing expressions on their faces. It reminds me of like when I made my first deer kill and stuff like that, but these kids that would, would never be able to experience, if I could put something like that on, that'd be, that'd be like yeah. winning the Super Bowl to me. Just be able to do that for a kid. Yeah. Doing it for my own kids, one thing, but that's not like doing it. My kids grew up around it. Some of these kids never been able to even fathom it. And if you could yeah. put that on for somebody, I know Camo Space would do something like that. My buddies at Rackroids, they'd be behind it, Tim and George. And just if I could get some people that we could get something put together to get them on a hunt, like yourself, or just get the word out there. I mean, just if it'd be a duck hunt. Anything, right. a pheasant hunt for some of these kids would mean the world to them, something they'd never be able to experience. And it could change their life. I mean, they could be coming from somewhere in a negative part of their life or whatever, turn their life around, and they could be your next great outdoorsman. You never know. But it's just not enough of it out there. Anything more is just all gaming and social media and this and that. And it doesn't need to be that when the outdoors is right there and at everybody's fingertips, basically. Yeah, I, I if you guys need help with anything, absolutely. I, I've I would love to be able to do it. And anymore, I spend a lot of my time, especially turkey season. Uh, any I've killed some great turkeys, um, and and anymore, I spend majority of my time turkey hunting. Even if it, they might not be kids, might just be friends of mine who yeah. have never hunted or whatever. But I spend time taking guys out, trying to get them a bird or trying to whatever, and just show them. Hey, teach them a little bit, yeah. but show them. Look how cool is it when that when that bird gobbles at a hundred oh, yards. You're like, how? And they're like, oh my god. You're like, yeah, I know, right? Like it's coming. Yeah, I that that's that is cool, isn't it? Like yeah. And then they turn around right before they shoot. Is it right here and the bird's gone? Yeah. It, <laughs> Don't move. Remember that part? Don't move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 uh, I, I really, I, I do, uh, I, I do hope that it doesn't continue to die out because it, it is kind of a dying thing. And, and, um, especially when it comes to waterfowl hunting and, and turkey hunting, I'd imagine that's even, even more so. But yeah. I, I hope it doesn't die out. I, I, you know, I hope people continue. I know I'll continue to do it, oh, but, yeah. Um, you know, I, I hope that uh, more kids continue to get into it. Um, and you're right. There are a lot of people who aren't able to get into it, kids or adults. There's yeah. a lot of people who don't get to get into it. I Recently, I had um, backcountry hunters and anglers on, and I had their uh, – it's the Armed Forces Initiative that they have. I had the guy who runs that on the podcast, and we talked about the fact that they'll take out these veterans. These are guys who have handled – weaponry for a living for four yeah. years and they'll come back home and not not know what to do with their hands like yeah. they they have no they're like what do i how do we get into how do we fit into society yeah. i'm having i have mental issues like i don't know what the so they'll take these guys and some of these guys that have handled guns for a living but never hunted yeah and uh that's to me it's crazy it's like man that's that's hand in hand man you already have that experience just get it in the outdoors. Just get yeah. in the outdoors, you know. And and so that's what they're doing is they're taking these guys. And he's he's like, man, you, you wouldn't believe it. These guys are like 23, 25, sometimes thirty years old. We'll take these guys out, and they have you know PTSD issues and all that. 
and they'll just get in the outdoors for the first time ever. They'll shoot an ugly ass duck, like a beat up young black duck, black, you know, or or, or, or <laughs> like duck. a hen mallard, and they'll be like, "This is the shit, I'm in." Like, <laughs> and then that's it; they're in. They're like hooked. they they're just doing, or or deer, you know, go out and you you kill a spike buck, and they're like, "Dude." Are you serious? Yeah. Like they can't believe like the adrenaline dump they get from yeah. you know hunting and and then getting to take that deer home, feed yourself, feed your family with it. Um and so yeah, I mean adults, kids, it's I want everybody to get into it. I really do cuz as much as I love it, man, as much as I've done it, I don't I tell my wife this all the time like I don't need myself. I I still love it. I still love killing it. Like I said, it, it sounds terrible. Like I don't, I don't mean to put it that way. But somebody man, else. But yeah, like I, I, I like going out killing some yeah. some deer, some birds. But when when I watch somebody else do it, like I, I'm behind the call, and and I work a bird in on the mountain, and and that bird comes in there looking for a decoy, and like somebody gets a shot, that is just the shit. Yeah. Like it's like, and they spin around. They're like, oh my god! It's like. I know, me too. Like, I need to pull the trigger, man. Like, I know. It's just, it's, it to me, it's more of an accomplishment when you call them in. And people don't understand that until they actually do it. But that's, yeah. that's where it's at. Yeah. And then if they miss, it's like, how'd you blow that? <laughs> I mean, it was right there. But, but you laugh, and then it's a joke. Yeah. But it, it's, a, it's a blast. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I I'm with you though. I th- I, th- I think any way you could get uh, uh, kids into it that don't, especially kids that don't have the opportunity. I, yeah. You know, any kid going is great, but a kid that doesn't have the opportunity, I don't. I'm not casting judgment, but there's a lot of kids out there with some deadbeat parents or oh, yeah. or parents that don't. One of my best friends, his his dad doesn't care to hunt with him. He never did. And so he's just now full bore at our age getting into hunting because his, his dad just didn't give a shit. Like his dad was like, "Yeah, I'll do it myself, you know, and it, I, I don't need you to be along. I'd rather just go by myself. It's more responsibility for me. I'll just, yeah. and so there's a lot of, you know, kids in situations like that where who knows what they could end up doing in life. Uh, and it could be bad, you know? Yeah. And so if, if they could just get in the, when I, and on that white table where that where that phone's sitting, there's a rock in there, and uh, I'll, I'll bring them home for my my son to see. Waylon and Bo, I'll bring them home, bring it home. But in Virginia, in that mountain is the formation of that mountain is tens of millions of years old, and there are fossils where the, the mountain top I find fossils from the ocean floor when it was in the ocean floor and I'll bring these rock rocks home and be like, look at that. And I'll show, I'll show adults like my family. I'll bring it back to camp. They look at that. And they're like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, that's barnacles. And they're like, yeah. from what? And I'm like, cause this shit was underwater a hundred million years ago. Like what the fuck? Like, so it, this is how connected I am to nature. Like I yeah. love this shit. I, I love the fact that I can take guys out and be like, this is this type of plant and this you can eat these muscadine grapes and you can you can do you know and don't eat and, this. Yeah, and exactly. Well but it's just like unless it's a mushroom look, and you really want to screw with your buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of them make you a little sick. Yeah. Or trippy. But yeah. But yeah, you you know, you, you, I just all this stuff that in the, I can, you know, with with my knowledge, I can go out, point out things that I'm like, hey man, 
check this out. And it's not it's not just about killing the animal. It's like they get, en- they get engulfed in the experience because I'm like, hey, man, check this shit out. And they're like, whoa, that's really cool. And then, you know, we pass, we pass an, uh, a frost grape bush that's just cutting because the frost just hit. And I'm like, check this out. Like, you can even eat these. And they're like, these are fucking delicious. I'm like, yeah. Like, the grouse eat these. And then 10 steps later, we jump a grouse. And they're like, well, what the fuck? I'm like, you know, I, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, it. So I know these things, but it's really cool now to get to instill it in somebody else, yeah. and uh, and so that's that's awesome. And then to see really them awesome. pass it on, and, and to see them remember it and talk about it later. What, I'd have loved to have been here when the guys found all those caverns in Virginia, in yeah, the surrounding areas. Like, what was the first thought through their head when they went down on the ground and just looked up with a flashlight, or not a a lantern, like you got there, they didn't have flashlights. A lantern, or, You're right? Yeah, or a burn stick, and it's like, because oh. I, I look at it now, and I'm still in awe. Yep. Can you yeah. imagine back in when her down there? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we went to Penn Penn Cave. I don't know if you ever been yeah, up there. Yeah, up north. Yeah, we we went up there probably six eight years ago for my, for Mother's Day with my mom. We went up there. That was cool as shit. Yeah. That That's we, the one that has a boat that takes you through. Yep, yep. Yeah, and that was really cool. Yeah. We took that boat and you go, the guy's like, all right, duck, and you go yeah. underneath and whoop, we're on a lake. Yeah. And I was like, Where'd this what the from? fuck? <laughs> yeah, that that was really cool. I, I thought that was your awesome. your rifle or your shotgun, I mean, for ducks? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it, that is, what that's wild because it, it connects you to humanity. Like what, yeah. what human, you know, just like you said, it might have just been one person. One person might have walked down here and been like, my buddies ain't going to believe this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, back at camp, they ain't going to believe this shit. An hour later, how the hell do I get out of here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but There's probably a couple guys that didn't make it out and they're still... <laughs> now you, you're that exactly right. the first right. guy that found it. <laughs> He's three people back. Well, I do believe that could... Uh, round out the podcast we had a good podcast here talked about a lot of good stuff and uh definitely if you guys want to do something uh take some kids on a hunt or or whatever i'm i'm in i'll, I'll help with whatever oh, yeah. as long as i can cut the time i'm i'm in we'll uh, figure it out we'll, yeah we'll talk and uh i'll get something up on facebook because like i said i got i got a following i don't know why but i got it but i'll get something up there and i'm sure somebody will reach out and see what kind of hunt we can put together i'll reach out to denny with camo space Tim and George with uh, Rackroids and uh, some other people I know and see if we can get some kind of hunt put together from the kids. Yeah, if, as, as, like like if, if Denny needs help somewhere with, with that, because I know he has a little bit more of a, of a presence, so yeah. if if they would like just somebody to help or whatever, just let me know, and I'll, yeah, I'll do my best. I'll definitely put it all over social, my social media and put it on the podcast. Um, do some advertisements and things for it, and and uh, anything we can do to get some kids in into it. So that would be great. That'd be awesome. Or some veterans, whatever. Like you said. Yes. Yep. I, I I don't do politics. I hate our government with a passion, but I love our veterans. Hell, God bless the veterans, but fuck the government in my mind. But <laughs> I'm the same way. That's just the way I am. But. Well. It was good. Uh, it was good to talk to you. It was good to yeah. have you on. I'm really glad you came by, and uh, I hope that I can get to work with Camera Space a little bit too, and and we can help some people out. Oh yeah, for appreciate sure. It. Alrighty.